Hello and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Clongos Wood College. My name is Rossa McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. Patrick Mullins claimed the title of champion amateur rider for the first time in the 2007-8 season. In 2012, he beat the record of 72 winners for an amateur rider in a calendar year, which had been set in 1915. Patrick is son of Willie and grandson of Paddy Mullins. Patrick Mullins, welcome to the Portraits of Clongos. Thanks very much for having me, Rosa. The first question I have, it's not a trick question, is how was your time as you remember it now in CWC? Um, much better than I expected. Uh, my my father went to Ross Gray and that was where I wanted to go. My cousin Emmett, who was uh, my next door neighbour and kind of brother for one, all wants and purposes, he ended up going there, but uh, Willie decided to send me up to, to Clongos Woods. So I oh, was that convenience see- or you had a bad memory of Ross Gray? Was there any real reason? No, it wasn't. I think he enjoyed his time in Ross Gray. Um, it might have been geographically. For I know for racing, it was a lot closer to Punchstown and Leopardstown and <laughs> Mason's. Um, it made maybe a bit more sense that way. But um, I think he knew a few people who'd, who'd gone to Clongos and thought, like what he'd heard. Um, yeah. But I remember when I went up to the Open Day, uh, I'd gone to Ross Gray, Glenstall, Kenny College and Clongos. And Clongos was the last of the four places I wanted to go. Uh, I remember coming away thinking it was musty and dusty and old. <laughs> and um, But anyway, I was sent and I went. <laughs> and you never looked back in that sense? No, um, landed landed very much on my feet. I didn't know anyone up there. Um, now, I had met uh, Jack Bruton and Stephen Doyle. I met them one day a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, and But yeah, I did, didn't really know anyone up there. And, and it was quite different, you know, from as a country fella going up there. A lot of the lads in Dublin, Kildare, would know one each other. They played rugby together. I went to, you know, primary school together. Yeah. Um, and there is that country-city divide, uh, which I think is not maybe not unique to Clongos, but I think it's a great aspect of it. And it was fantastic and to meet different types of people, new different new, new people. Yeah, the divide is probably more uh, pronounced, at least in my time, maybe your time. But now you drive down there, you feel it's just a suburb of uh, <laughs> Dublin in many ways. You know, it feels much closer to the city. But I suppose the psychology of being country and city with the lads is probably still very vivid, you know? Yeah, yeah, but it's a good mix. And I think it's really, it's a vital part to what makes Clongos Clongos. Mm. Um, but I was very lucky. I, I didn't get homesick. Um, I just, I, I enjoyed myself from there. I, I was, so my parents were maybe away racing a lot and I would have been dumped in different ants and uncles <laughs> for different nights and periods of time. Yeah. But um, I landed on my feet. But I do, I do remember vividly that my the first room I was in was a four-man with Killian Fanning and James Donahue, and um, it was right beside, right at the top of the court on the first year dorms, right beside the payphones. I don't know if they're yeah. still there or not. Yeah. Um, but the first couple of nights, you know, after lights out, you can imagine everyone's there, kind of half asleep, and there'll always be two or three fellas going up to the payphones and, you know, bawling their eyes out. Yeah. And um, I, that was quite a vivid memory. But um, you know, after a week or ten days, everyone kind of um, settled down. But uh, I was lucky, lucky that way that it, 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 I, I managed to miss that. Why is that? Because you didn't feel far away from home or you just, uh, 
uh, your personality, you're independent and didn't kind of get really homesick? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm an only child. Um, like I said, I, my, my parents were probably away racing a lot. So I used to stay in a lot of different places growing up. Um, but I, I just, I, I enjoyed it. We had a great year group. And um, uh, I suppose I was only an hour from home as well. Maybe yeah. you know, other fellas were three or four hours away. Um, yeah, I suppose but, if, no, I, if you're a single sibling like that, you uh, it's like being the older son or older. You're used to doing things first and uh, it's kind of sets your personality slightly differently. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, and independent, but, you have a kind of automatic independence because you have to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're um, that, like I said, my, my cousin Emmett was my next door neighbour and we, yeah. we, we definitely fought like brothers and still do anyway. But um, <laughs> we went down to Ross Grey. And, uh, but the only time I did get homesick was I wasn't picked on the team. I think we only sent two teams down to play Ross Grey in the rugby, maybe the A and B team. And I was on the C team, so I didn't yeah. get to go down. And uh, I do remember, recall being quite uh, sad at, at that. But um, anyway, that was the only the only memory I have of it. But sure, look, I, I grew up in the generation that had Harry Potter and you know, we were all kind of walking around thinking someone was going to tap us on the shoulder and say, you're a wizard, Paddy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it was, it was fantastic, you know, that the castle, everything. I mean, it was a, a fabulous place to go as a kid. And then, you know, that to be split in the houses, um, very much like like Harry Potter. And I was in Claver. Yeah. And um, yeah, we very much enjoyed, enjoyed all and that. And your first memory was the Royal Mile or the castle or what's the vivid image you have of the place? Um. At first, yeah, I remember driving. I mean, the, the driveway is so is so um, you know uh, not quite unique, but it, you don't see very many like it. And uh, the trees either side down to the castle and the twenty nine building is uh, you know obviously it's quite not quite as old as as the the main castle, but it's still very impressive. It, it, very impressive, yeah. So and look, I, I suppose I'd never played rugby going up there. I used to run a lot, and I did. I played a lot of soccer um, in Thomastown and Kilkenny, and. Had to learn, had to learn to grasp, and got the hang of it eventually. Um, like I said, I, I was a slow burner. I, I could run very fast. Um, wasn't great at catching the ball. Terrible at tackling. Mm. Um, but I did manage to get onto the. I managed. I was on the bees. I was kind of full back slash winger for the bees for a long time. And um, but then in third year when we started doing weights and kind of bulking up, um, I kind of uh, sat back then because I was keeping an eye on, on trying to be a jockey, obviously. So um, that was always your intent, was it? Yeah, I was always, yeah, I always wanted to ride. And, uh, you know, I was my, my, look, my father trained and rode, yeah. and my grandfather trained. I seen the blood, your aunt and uncle. Or, That's yeah. it, and all, all my cousins and uncles and aunts. Um, and I was always tall, you know, so I didn't want to be putting on muscle and getting heavy, which is a pity because I, I really enjoyed team sport and I miss team sport. You mm. know, a jockey is an individual sport and uh, being on a team, being on a rugby team and, you know, I used to love the circuit training with Stephen O'Hara and yeah. uh, be playing the, um, oh, I forget the speech. Very famous is a, the Nero speech or it's from some American football film. But uh, I used to love all that. But unfortunately, I gave it up. Just um, I didn't want to. I, I couldn't make the commitment to bulking up. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And when you look now at the things you got from your time there, what did it give you for life? What disciplines did you take away that you've used day to day ever since? Well, sure, look, the, the obvious one is, um, you know, which we were, we were taught is, is, is man for others. You know, we were always, you know. That was a thing for your time, was it as well? Very much so. generations didn't so. have that, we, yeah. Yeah, um, which I didn't realise actually until I was listening to some of your, your earlier interviews. Yeah. But I, you know, we were always reminded of how lucky we were, how privileged we were. Um, and, and we were and we are. And I think that's very important. Um, but I think the thing I took out of it most, and I'm not sure... It's maybe what, what you're supposed to take out of it. But uh, I started riding a lot when I was in uh, fifth year. Um, mm. I was just getting to start to ride a bit more. And 
early on in the year, maybe October time, I had asked for permission of Mr. Kelly to go and ride a race in um, Galway on a horse called Advent Approach. And he, he didn't give me permission, which he was fully entitled to do. And um, But I uh, went anyway. And um, <laughs> the horse ended up winning. And of course, Mr. Kelly found out. So I was stood down and there was 10 copies of school rules. And um, so my conclusion was that I just wouldn't tell them the next time. So I was riding a good bit that winter and I was sneaking out and I was kind of getting out over the roof of the old swimming pool and <laughs> the kitchen and uh, getting in windows and uh, side doors. And I had James McCreevy was kind of leaving my windows my open, out, my windows open, <laughs> leaving my books out on my study desk because we were studying in our rooms. And, you know, someone asked, I was in the toilet or asked a question. And I mean, looking back, how, how I got away with it for so long was incredible. But um, I got away with it until Punchdown, which is the end of April. Yeah. And I was riding the same horse, Adam's Approach, in quite a big race. Um, and Brave Inc. was in it. I can't remember the horse that won it. Um, but uh, I remember getting a bollocking off one of the older jockeys. I recall that distinctly anyway. <laughs> but I got back in time for some year meeting in the, the rec room. Of course, I was late in, so I was up the front. Yeah. And Father <laughs> Harper comes out and uh, spots me. And of course, the racing was in Punchdown. was on RT shirt. Yeah. Sure. Father Harper goes, Ah, oh, Paddy, how did you go on in Punchdown today? <laughs> So of course, Mr. Kelly's <laughs> looking at me and uh back up to the up to his office and and you have more school rules, more grounded, um parents called in and you know, right rightly so. Yeah. Uh, can't be wandering out out broke mission. But um anyway, so <laughs> Father Maloney was was the headmaster and I never realised Father Maloney was some way into racing and horses and he had a meeting <laughs> with my father and mother and my father, you know, explained that I was quite tall and that and at the time we thought I mightn't ride for one or two more years because yeah. of my weight. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we came to an agreement that for sixth year, you know, the, I would have permission to go racing within reason. But I, so it was, it was a great result. But I ran into Father Harper, Father Maloney a few weeks later and I said to him, um, you know, I said, thanks very much. I expressed my gratitude and how thankful I was and how sorry I was. And I just remember he said to me, um, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's easier to gain forgiveness than permission. Yeah. And uh, he just had a, he just smiled at me and walked off. And um, and that's look. I, well, obviously, you have to choose your, re- your your situations, but that's always stuck with me. And um, that's uh, whether that's what Fadnoni would, would hope that I took out of school, but that's what I took out of school anyway. So, how many sets of rules do you have in the drawer there? <laughs> numerous, numerous amounts, numerous <laughs> amounts of rules. But um, yeah, we it all worked out for the best in the end anyway. Uh, but. Uh, that was See, that's what I took. That was what I took. That's the downside of televised racing, now, is it? You get caught. And I got away with it only for that damn Father Harper. <laughs> <laughs> and what other disciplines did you take? I was going to say timekeeping, except uh, we had, you missed the boat two weeks ago for me, but I hope you're more punctual <laughs> yeah. at the race course. Uh, yeah, so no, sorry, we missed we missed that no bit of busy morning, but um, uh, we're, we're, we're here now. But um, yeah, look, a, a lot of this, I used to run a lot. Um, obviously, A, I used to do it before, I used to run in community games before I went to school. Mm. And then for the weight, you know, so obviously when everyone else was playing rugby after the third year, I, I ran. And um, Was the Rath Coffee Run still going your time? Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard it called the Rath Coffee Run, but I, I know I used Out to do behind the farm, run. down the, to the main, to Farrington's, turn left and come back. Was that yeah. still going yeah, in your time? I, I used to do that, yeah. yeah. Um, so there were some great runs there, through the pleasure grounds, yeah. out to the farm or doing the triangle. Yeah, I used to do it twice a day, early in the morning in the season and then the, between uh, studies, eight and nine. A great run in the summer, spring. 
Super run, yeah. yeah we used to run. Yeah. I used to run it in the Vinnie Murray, I suppose, yeah. in 1889. But yeah, during the day. Because um, the avenue run wasn't a thing in our time. And there's a few of us who ran and they just went out the ramparts, the old ramparts, and just got to rest coffee and got both. And then up the, they used to race then up the, the main avenue. That was the final test of how fit you were for the season. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I always used to, records were I always a thing with Ames. So when I, I came into school, and obviously sports day, we used to have, you know, the records would come out. And yeah. um, I used to sort of be 800 and 1500 every year. That would be my, my aim, try to get those. And I think it was a Jason Smith or a John Smith had mm. the majority of them. And I managed to get most of them. I used to have pacemakers and I'd have, uh, I'd have the t- have it timed what, what it, when I need to be passed in different levels. And we got a few of them. Anyway, and the same with the triangle. I used to love doing the triangle. Yeah. Uh, again, got a few of them, but didn't, didn't get all of them. Yeah, Paul McCormick used to have the overall one, but um, I remember th- leaving school and thinking, yeah, some of those will be there in twenty years' time. Yeah, was the triangles a thing in your time with the Curra and with Newbridge? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the sword, triangular sword, yeah, yeah. great for with yeah. that as well, and the cadets. But uh, anyway, but Jack O'Leary, who be Ed O'Leary's son, who be Gigginstown yeah. uh, House stood, yeah. Michael, Michael's nephew, he wiped the floor. I think every single one of the records I put my blood, sweat, and tears into is gone. Yeah, so, well, he, he's serious, <laughs> though, isn't he? Yeah. They didn't last long, no. Jack, Jack was Jack different gravy. Yeah. Different gravy. I mean, I used to run with Michael I could hold my own with him. We used to play tag in that sense. But the son, the nephew, Jack, look at him. He's got some serious records and achievements already. You know what I mean? Incredible. Oh, Jack, Jack's an amazing athlete. Yeah. An amazing athlete. But I remember as well, one day, I, I used to, in fifth and sixth year, I used to run a book. I used to do the bookings. <laughs> and um, most of it was lads playing football accumulators and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, one every month would wipe out all the profits from the rest of the month but uh, <laughs> I did a book for the sports day one one year and um, so I used to win the 1500 because I was young person who used to probably train for it so yeah. I did a betting without me and yeah. priced everyone up and of course David Murphy was a fit enough fella but a real messer used to be smoking and <laughs> wouldn't have had any interest but uh, and you know the lads of course few of the lads uh, gathered together back David Murphy I think 50 to 1 and then um, proceeded to jog around themselves yeah and uh, David got in second behind me, so I ended up losing a good few quid that day. I think that might have finished the bookmaking, uh, my bookmaking business. You were done. I was done. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Obviously, the comp- competitive spirit is very strong in you. Yeah, I, I, look, I always, I always like to, to have an aim, and you know, when I started riding, you want to lose your, you're write your first winner, and you want to lose your seven pound claim, you want to lose your claim to be a, a full jockey as such. Uh, would you need fifty winners, or I think it'll be fifty five now? And then you want to, you know, I, I was trying to. Ted Walsh used to have the most amount of winners, mm. total winners, and obviously Billy Parks had that record from nineteen fifteen for winners in his calendar year. Yeah, um, I like to have something to aim aim towards. Uh, always the same with the records and the running, and um, don't always get there. But I, I, it's it's good for the the uh, keep you concentrated on where you want. And to get was there. it pressure on you to enter racing because of the family connections, or was that a positive energy? No, no pressure. Um, I or a burden, you know, even a weight on your shoulders, though. No. Burden, no. To be honest, I, look, I, I was, I was lucky. I, I hit the ground running, and um, oh, look, I, I had plenty of setbacks and a couple of falls on, on horses that should have won. And cousin Vinny uh, fell off him in a, at the last, a Grade One at Christmas was when I was eighteen was a, a galling experience. But no, there was no pressure, and I didn't feel a burden. At all. I, I enjoyed it. What I wanted to do is what I loved doing. And one of my big regrets is I, I picked up a spare ride. Um, Robbie McNamara was going to ride a horse down the stall for Harry Rogers. And I picked, he, Robbie was taller than me. I think he, anyway, he was sick or he couldn't do the weight. So I ended up being there for the graduation mass um, and then heading down to 
stole and missing the kind of presentation for the graduation. And yeah. I, I fell out with Mr. Kelly about it and, and sure he was completely right. And it's one of my big regrets that uh, I was too focused on, on doing what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I should have been there for that. My, my granny collected, I think it was the Aloysius Award. We used to call it, we call it Trev Keneally Award. Cause I think it only got <laughs> inaugurated the year before. Everyone said it was inaugurated because there was, they wanted to give Trev Keneally an award and there was nothing to give him. So, <laughs> Um, uh, they made. I, I got it the next year, but um, my grandmother accepted it on my behalf, and of course the horse in the stall ran terrible. Uh, didn't didn't even place. But yeah, I was very focused on on, you know, and maybe you need to be like that. But looking, yeah, back, there's, there's a kind of incongruence there, though. What the the Jesuits try and teach you, men for others, that at the end of the day, in the sport you're in, is kind of a selfish sport. You could argue where you have to focus on yourself. So that must have been a a kind of conflict for you to do what you want to do, which broke some of the, the given rules and none, nobody else could get away with, you know what I mean? Or, want to, or was able to do it in that sense, you know what I mean? Because you're all taught to be together as a team. So it's tough. Yeah, look, yeah. Like you I have said, to be not, focused, don't you, Perry? That's it. It's, it's not a team sport. Yeah. Um, that's maybe a reason rather than an excuse. You know, if yeah. I could go back, I, I would have told myself, I said myself, you know, you don't need to ride this horse on this day. But when you're that age, you think every race is is the Gold Cup and if you don't ride it, someone else will ride it and you miss a winner and then um but yeah I think you know if I could go back now I I I, I wish I had you know I think the school were very good to me because I had you know I, I had to I had to but I, I got out a lot more than other people. Um, <laughs> Legally or not. Thankfully the statute yeah. of limitations is probably on this uh, stories. <laughs> yeah. So you can't be uh, there's no recourse now, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, you know, so I, look, I, the school was fantastic. I mean, sixth year, they they really bent over backwards for me. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful for that because, um, you know, like I said, at the time, I thought I might only ride for a couple of years. And now my weight stabilized and I've been able to, I'm doing it ever since. But Quite successful. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I had wanted to leave the school in fourth year, at the end of fourth year, because I think fourth year at the time was maybe oh, a little sure. boring. And um, I, you know, I came back in fifth year, I was sent back. And one of my best friends left early in future, Brian Keenan, and mm. I almost left, um, but I didn't. And I'm really, really glad I didn't because the bunch of friends I had taken out of it um, is incredible. And yeah, you know, the school was just, the school accommodated me very well. And it's something I'd be very, very grateful. And I, I didn't appreciate it enough at the time, to be honest. Yeah, I think we're all like that. I mean, that's why these chats I do, the reminiscing stirs a lot of memories, but if we knew then what we know now, we'd have lived life differently. But that's what life is all about, Paddy, you know what I mean? Yes, and look, we all we all turned out okay. We're all experts <laughs> after the fact. Apart from Mr. Kelly, who seems to be on your case, who are other names you would remember in your time there, in the teaching side? Um, well, look, Mr. Kelly, yeah, look, I always had a lot of friction with Mr. Kelly because <laughs> I was trying to get out. But, you know, I, I've met him several times since, and I, he's a man I have a lot of respect for. And it's, it's only when you... You look back and you think, like, how could you, you know, how how would you handle that situation if the yeah. roles were reversed? You know, at the time, you just think everyone should be on your side. And, uh, but no, I think Mr. Kelly was was very good. Uh, look, Mr. Gray was, uh, Mr. Egan, Mr. Lewis, Mr. Denham were our um, prefects yeah. and all all very different. Mr. Lewis was fantastic. He treated, treated us like grown-ups. Yeah. And, you know, he was someone who we were closest to, uh, you know, not not friends as such, but very close to it um, and he was fantastic and uh, I'll never forget Mr. Gray uh, you know, talking about your you were talking about memories for the first day um, mm. he brought us down to the rec room and you know Mr. Gray is you know he's a very straight man and um, sits, we're all sitting there and he starts off says my name is Stephen Gray and you know I'm here to look after you 
but I'm not your friend. And cue Paddy Meehan, who's sitting front row, just gets sick everywhere. <laughs> that line, just poor old Paddy Meehan sent him over the edge. But, um, but that was Stephen Gray. He, he wasn't your friend, but he was very straight. Uh, he was there if you needed him. And I think that was probably a good, I think he was very good for first year, actually. And yeah. I might not be explaining that particularly well. No, I get you. Uh, We've been, we had Monkey Cheer, he had a touch of the same. You know, there's a space where you could enter, but after that it was business. You know what I mean? Friends yeah. are point, but then there was a responsibility, so you had to accept that he was not going to be a friend in certain situations. Yeah, and, and that, that's all part of growing up. You need to learn that, you know, yeah. that there is always authority. And I, I probably looking back, I probably had a little, and I probably still do at times, um, have a bit of a problem with authority. And I'm not saying that in a good way, I mean, yeah. as a negative for myself. But I think you learn, you learn that you have to learn. You learn yeah. that through through the years, and you have to be able to work with people and work around people and you can't just bulldoze your way through them all the time. Yeah, I think you've touched upon it without realising some of the things people talk about in terms of what they've learned is you have to get on with your group, you have to interact with them no matter what, whereas you're in a day school, you could go away and off and not talk to people for days. You know what I mean? You have to get on. That, that's it. And, you know, you, you, you're all different types of people. Like, you'll never be in a group, you'll never be living with, you know, 78 fellas uh, your own age again. Yeah. Well, unless you, maybe if you end up in prison or something, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. So hopefully and not. It's, very, it's a very unique situation and you, you get to everyone. There's so many different types of people and you have to learn to, to work with them all. But yeah, and then teachers, like Mr. Wallace, Mr. Wallace was a huge influence on me. Um, mm. It was the only A1 I got. Well, the only honours A1 I got in English, in English was English with him. And um, I do a bit of writing now for different papers. And, yeah. uh, you know, he would have, um, inspired me there and you know we had Mr. Pierce Mr. Cullen calling us tulips um, Mr. O'Shea was fantastic uh, Mr. Quaid Mom O'Hara yeah. in the science lab uh, they're what made Clongos you know I, some people ask you would you send your kid back to Clongos and I would if I could guarantee it'd be exactly who I was but yeah. Clongos isn't isn't just the, the, the walls or the, the grounds it's the people in the it people, yeah. and you know all the people I've mentioned there prefects and teachers and the priest, I mean, Father Maloney was, was I think, a fantastic headmaster. Hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, Bradley and Shields and Harper. And What year did you uh, leave, Paddy? I left in 28, 2008. Yeah. But I think everyone who was there at that time fostered a brilliant atmosphere, a brilliant place. Now, look, it's not for everyone. And I'm, not, I'm sure not everyone had the same experience I had. But In the round, it's very, very positive. Yeah, I, I just, and you know, you, you don't, like you're like saying, you don't really... Notices until until you're looking back at it, maybe. Yeah. And if I was to ask you what piece of music brings you back to your time there that you hear on the radio now and say it takes you back to being 12, 15 or 17, what would that be? Yeah, well, well the first song that came to mind was the song I, I played driving out as long as on the last day. Well, my father drove me out. Uh, was um, Nina Simone, Feeling Good. And I don't, I don't recall why that was in my why that was in my head at the time but it, I, I remember playing it as we drove out and um, you played it rather than your dad playing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a pair of headphones or something but uh, yeah I had in my head this was, this was the song I wanted to leave leave uh, Clongus to and um, that's 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 the song that comes back comes back to me and bar, bar of course the rugby chance yeah <laughs> King and Golly that music is just uh, sums up then what you feel. Feeling good is a way you would sum up your time there in two or three words or a phrase. Yeah, definitely. I, I you know, there was ups and downs. Um, you know, and like I said, Fortune wasn't good and I wanted to leave. I'm glad I didn't. I, if I had my own choice, I would have left. And, um, 
my you know my parents said go back up till Christmas and the last two years were the best two years maybe that was because I was, I was going out racing a bit as well but no it tends to be I mean once you get through Christmas and first year it only gets better uh, and we all have those challenges but what you say is pretty much mimics what most people kind of sense uh, over the period you know what I mean there are bad times up times and I think it's a good summary yeah that, that's life that's life there's 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 highs and lows um there's fights and there's um, the likes so you know it's and that's you yeah i think i think it was I, I wouldn't change it wouldn't change anything patrick mullins thank you for joining me on portraits of clongos 